0: Welcome back to Unyielded, thriving no matter what. I'm your host, Bobby Kaler, and I'm so happy that you've joined us. As the creator and host of this podcast, it is critical to me to convey to you, our listeners, how much positive power you have inside of you right now, in this very moment. You have the power to change your life. And that could be changing it like I had to back when I was 23 from a place of, kind of being on a road to nowhere, kind of feeling hopeless and stuck, to being on a road to somewhere desirable, someplace good. It could also be changing your life from good to great. And it could also be changing your life from great to, I cannot believe how incredibly blessed and lucky I am to get to live this life. You have that power inside of you, and that is all you need to get started. The rest you can learn along the way. I started this podcast as a way to bring stories of hope and triumph, as well as resources that will help you along that journey, whatever that might be, where, whatever your starting place is, or whatever your destination might be. My sincerest hope is that you find it valuable. So let's go. Here is this week's episode. guest is the author of Cracking the Life Code. Through his professional experience as a strategy consultant and extensive involvement in the community, he has seen the tremendous value of diverse perspectives. He is the founder of Cracking the Life Code, a self-help platform that helps individuals gain total life mastery. He is the convener of the Inspire Africa Tour. As an entrepreneur and strategy consultant, he has helped over 12,000 entrepreneurs start and grow their businesses. He enjoys doing new things that challenge how he views the world. His name is Babs Farshism, and I cannot wait for you to meet him. Babs, thanks for joining me on the show.
1: Hey, Bubby, Thanks so much for having me. I am so honored to be here today. Thank you for the great work you're doing on the podcast.
0: Thank you so much. I'm so glad that we connected. And I'll tell you what, as a way to kind of introduce yourself to the listeners, do you want to just tell them a little bit about yourself?
1: Absolutely. My name is Babs Farshism. I'm a strategist. I'm a speaker and an entrepreneur. I was born and raised in Nigeria. <laughs> I like to say that a lot because that's a fundamental part of my, of my life's journey. And primarily I help people who are looking to become 1% better each day with, you know, tips and strategies to help live a more flourishing life primarily. Nice. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you're a perfect fit for this. So I have to ask you, what made you leave Nigeria?
1: Interesting story. So I was only 12 when I ran into the room one day and saw my mom crying. It broke my heart. I asked her why she was crying, and she told me she had received the bad news from her mom. And even more so because she was not in a place to help her mom at the time. So Mm -hmm. that shattered me. So I made a decision on this day that I would do everything within my power at the age of 12, that I'll do everything within my power to build a life that allows me to provide help to everyone I care about. So that set a fire within me at 12. And I really just wanted to understand if there were other experiences that life had to offer beyond the ones, the immediate ones that I had as a child. Being born in Nigeria at a time where it was a lot of devastation. It was a lot of destruction. It was a lot of um, killing poverty and the likes. I was just um, looking for ways to, you know, change that whole story for myself and ultimately for my family. Yeah. So I began to read. My mom is a library scientist. Well, she passed away. So she was a library scientist. And so she started this love for book in me and my siblings. So she would bring a lot of books home. And so we read a lot. So I really just started digging and opening up books, inspirational books, motivational books, self-help books that I could lay my hands on as I grew through my teenage life. So I read a lot and by the time I was in college, I realized that the fundamental difference between really successful people and not so successful people was really just the mindset. And so Mm -hmm. I realized that I needed a shift in my mindset if I was going to change the trajectory of my life. And so at that point, it was probably my second year in college. I realized something fundamentally had to shift within my mindset. If I was going to break free from the limitations that I had growing up. And so I began this whole journey of trying to understand what makes the mindset. Why is it so important? Why do I need to shift my mindset? And that was really the whole, the beginning of my journey towards personal growth and personal development. It's been way over 20 years since I've been on this journey and learned a lot, built myself, grown through pain and through trials and through, you know, trials and error. <laughs> yeah, And ultimately, I am here still in the journey, still growing, still learning, but I'm very happy where I'm at today.
0: Yeah, love that. Thank you for sharing. I always like to know like the deeper, the why behind what we do. And I know our listeners yeah. do as well. I think that's really powerful. We share a, a kind of a similar story there. The details are different, but I think that the concept is pretty similar. So when you said that you were... In early on in college, and you realized that you'd have to shift your mindset. Can you tell me more about that?
1: Yeah, I just continued to look around me and just study people around me who didn't do much with their lives. And I also just looked through the pages of newspapers and biographies and books and saw the lives of people who did something with their lives and how there was a dramatic difference between. Both of these people, even though they might be around the same age group, their accomplishments were different. their focus were different. their successes were different, their goals were different. So for me, what I just wanted to do at that time in college was to understand what path I needed to take to achieve my one goal of building a life that allows me to provide help for my family members, First, my mom and everybody else around me. And I realized I probably needed to go in the direction of the people who I thought were successful at the time. And when I realized that the one thing that shifted and that changed or that made a clear difference was the fact that the people who succeeded had a growth mindset. They did not stop at any point and feel like, oh, we have arrived. They continued to grow. They continued to work hard. They put forward a lot of different values that I picked from. Resilience, yeah. ability to face obstacles, communication, ability to communicate how they thought, how they, their ideas to the world and and things like that. So I started learning some of these life, life lessons that I believe uh, at the time were very helpful in setting me on the path to success in life.
0: Yeah. Everything that you listed there, the growth mindset, the resilience, those types of things, those are so important because
1: Absolutely.
0: I don't know how you feel about it, but my experience has been that we're always going to encounter some kind of challenge, some kind of obstacle, some kind of brick wall. And sometimes I always think that part of a brick wall can be opportunities that we just don't know how to take advantage of yet. That's right. And those are the types of things that they're important tools to have in our toolkit. Yeah. Yep. So now, is this what led you to write the book, Cracking the Life, the life code? code?
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> cracking the Life Code for me is is a summary of my journey over my personal development journey over a 20-year period. Nice. I learned a lot. I failed a lot. But then I grew a lot. So through the yeah. cause of my growth, I decided it's very important to help maybe generations yet unborn to find ways to navigate the different areas of life. So for me, I like to say that life does not come with a manual. So it is <laughs> imperative that we crack the life code sooner than later in life. So when a child is born, their parents don't receive a manual in the hospital that says, hey, this is how to navigate life, relationships, finances, career. No. So a child is left at the mercy of the adults in their life. So Mm -hmm. they begin to pick up signals from the adults in their lives. And sometimes they might grow up behaving, thinking, and acting like the adults in their lives, like the teachers, their parents, their spiritual leaders, and whoever interacts with this child. Now, a child has no way of determining if the signals that they receive from the adults in their life are positive or negative. They just Mm -hmm. absorb everything they see. And so when a child now grows into adulthood and begins to ask questions like I did when I was in college, like, are these behaviors really helpful or are they harmful? Are they going to help me achieve the success that I'm looking for or are they just going to hinder me? And that's where the whole idea of limiting beliefs come up, because maybe through generation they have carried these limiting beliefs from one generation to another. And maybe their parents have passed these generation uh, these limiting beliefs to them, and they've carried these beliefs all through their lives. Like a story I told in my book about a lady who believed men there just aren't any good men out there, and it was just this limiting belief she carried all her life until she met a friend in college whose father was a perfect example of a good man, and that was when she realized that there really could be good men out there and she began the journey of trying to change or break this limiting belief that there aren't any good men out there and then she worked on that and became a better person met her husband got married and is living a beautiful life today so yeah limiting beliefs behaviors and habits we then need to sit and ask ourselves well these were transferred to me but do i need to continue to carry them along or do i need to break them and that's where the whole idea of breaking or cracking the life code comes to
0: bear. Yeah, I love that because I think a lot of times with those types of beliefs, they're almost invisible to us because they were passed to us at such an early age. And then so to you know, become aware of, wow, this is a belief that I'm carrying and is this truth? That can be hard for
1: yep. for someone to do. That's right. And honestly, not a lot of people take time to reflect. See, we spend a lot of time, especially in this, if you live in a big city like New York, you wake up and you're on the go every minute of the day. You're constantly going. And then maybe after work, you're spending time with colleagues or friends in happy hour. And by the time you're, you're back home, you're ready to go to bed. So we rarely have time in our day where we spend time with ourselves. Yeah. That's the most important thing I learned through the course of my personal development journey. It is. It's just to spend some time with myself, to learn myself, to learn the changes that are going on within me, to understand what my needs are, to understand what's shaping my desires and understand what my limitations are. So in these self-reflection, we would find that, oh, maybe there's something because very often, like you said, our limiting beliefs are not very, they're not overt, they're not very out there. And they might just be hidden under a thought. Like every time you get an opportunity, you just develop cold feet. You don't want to pursue the opportunity without realizing that maybe over time, it's a limiting belief that, well, maybe people from my time, my side of town don't do great stuff. Or people from my side of town don't never earn this amount of money. Why yeah. do I even need to try or go for this opportunity? So yeah, when we spend time with ourselves, we get to understand, maybe discover some of these limiting beliefs.
0: Yeah, I love how you said that too. We need to spend some time with ourselves. Do you find that, well, let me just put it this way. When I talk to people about that, I often, I've had a lot of people say to me, I'm really uncomfortable spending quiet time with myself. Have you found that as well?
1: Unfortunately, that hasn't happened to me personally. Good. What's interesting is I was an introverted kid. Mm. So by nature, I spent a lot of time alone. So did I. (laughs) But I have seen a lot of clients say that to me. I really have trouble being by myself and spending time alone with myself. It's a big issue that I've seen many people talk about, but I guess it's a behavior that we have to form. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Even though we're having to form them as adults, it's important to form this behavior of spending time with ourselves because the most important person in our lives first is ourselves. And so while it's important to give attention to family, important to give attention to our spouses, children, you know, parents. It is also important that we give attention to ourselves. We can't really pour out of an empty cup. So we can only give from what we have. So when we spend some time to recharge, to reflect, or to re-strategize, it helps to prepare us to be able to give more to the people we care about.
0: I find that so many times when I'm just taking the time to be in the quiet, you know, that's when epiphanies will strike or, or new ideas will come to me. Like a few weeks ago, I drove, it's about a nine and a half hour trip each way to go visit my dad. My dad's 89 and I wanted to see him. It was going to be a very short weekend trip, you know. I think I spent almost as much time in the car as I did actually <laughs> getting to visit with him, but Aww. that's okay. That's the time I had. And But a good portion of that nine and a half hours each way, I made a point of turning off the radio. I didn't have a podcast on. I didn't have music on. Wow. I just wanted the quiet time because, you know, if we're alone, but we're bombarding ourselves with noise, we don't get to that kind of reflection, I don't think.
1: That's right. That's right. We need to unplug at some point, at some point, disconnect at some point so we can receive, if you will.
0: Absolutely. And it's just like when I go road cycling or cross country skiing. I don't want to listen to music. I want I want to be in tune with what I'm hearing. Plus, I think if you're road cycling and you're, you have your headset in, like, that's a little dangerous to me. Like, you got to be aware of what's around you. All right. So the life code. Now, did you, do you have like, I know I saw on your website, it looked like there were maybe four areas or pillars that you have. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: So I uh, found that to succeed and my definition of succeeding or success here is really finding meaning, purpose, and fulfillment. Mm. So to achieve success at that level, I realized there are five pillars that could be very helpful. And these five pillars are peace. So there's purpose, which is first identifying purpose, discovering our purpose, the reason for which we are here, the one thing we are here to do and achieve. And I like to say that discovering our purpose is not enough we've got to take it a step further because the discovery of purpose is not exactly a guarantee of its fulfillment. Mm. So we need a step forward, having discovered what the purpose is to move into fulfilling the purpose. Now, to help us fulfill the purpose, there are other pillars that are very helpful. One of them is a platform. We all need a platform to demonstrate, to showcase, to provide visibility for our purpose or our talents, our ideas. Now, an example of a platform, for instance, in a very basic, simplistic and literal way would be American Idols. It's a platform for people who are gifted in singing, who maybe their purpose is really to heal many other people with their songs. And so when they identify their purpose, For instance, my purpose is to write songs and sing or produce songs that heal the brokenhearted. That could be a purpose. Yeah. Now, that purpose requires visibility because impact is limited when talent is not visible. So we've got to be able to make our talent visible so that we can increase our impact. To do that, they might find their way to American Idol. And then ultimately, maybe American Idol will will propel them to becoming a superstar tomorrow. That way, they gain visibility for this simple talent of creating music that heals the souls of brokenhearted. Now, that's the role of platform. Platform helps us to expose and increase visibility for our talent, for a person whose purpose is probably to Create an organization or a business that helps solve a major environmental problem. That individual would need a platform, maybe a platform like a VC, a venture capitalist, to help propel that business into the world. So we all need a platform to demonstrate, showcase our giftings, our purpose, and our talents. And the next P is people. So I like to think of people as the feelers to potholes on the highway of success. So if you're driving on the highway of success, there are so many potholes. Now, what happens is people help you to fill out those potholes. They help you level up those potholes so you can drive smoothly and faster and easier. That's really what people do. We always need people around us. The right sets of people who can challenge us, who can encourage us, who can pull us up, we need mentors, we need coaches, we need family, we need friends. So people play a significant role in helping us achieve our purpose or ultimately achieving success in life. Yeah. The, the other thing is passion. So passion is that field that we need. So you could have all the talent in the world if you don't have any passion. You probably can't get far with it. Mm-hmm. You run out of gas, okay? So passion is the fuel that we need to keep us going because there will be tough days. There will be difficult days. There will be rainy days. But passion is what gets us out of bed every day to say, hey, I have to keep going regardless of my challenges and my limitations and my obstacles and my troubles. I have to keep pressing on because consistency is critical in achieving our purpose and our in success in life. So yeah. passion is what gives us that drive and that push And that desire to keep going against all odds. And lastly, is place. I like to describe place this way. For some people, and and the example I like to share is, if you watch a fish in water, it's such a magnificent animal. Mm. swims so beautifully. Stingray? I think it's stingray is what it's called, right? I like to see them in water. They are so magnificent, so beautiful to watch them swimming in their natural habitat. Pick the same fish and drop the fish on the soil or maybe on a table like mine, and the same fish becomes an object of pity. Flaps its wings here and there and just becomes really, really terrible to behold. And what has changed is really location. So I feel that to achieve success sometimes in life, we've got to find the location, the physical location, mental location that sits perfectly with our purpose. For some of us, we may have to relocate. In my instance, I had to move across continents. For some people, they may need to shift just in their mindset, maybe from a lack mindset to abundance mindset. So we've got to be yeah. able to live within a geographical location, either a space within our mind or a physical location that aligns with our purpose in order to fulfill our purpose. So the, the place is a significant part or pillar that helps us achieve our success in life. So these are the five Ps that I talked about extensively in my book.
0: Yeah. I really love that about the place, how you describe that with the fish, because I mean, you're completely, and we've probably all been in that situation where, you know, maybe not quite as dramatic as the fish taken out of water, but it reminds me of what I had a guest, Anthony Spatifor. This was a, I don't know, a couple of years ago. And he talked about squirrels live in trees. So when you watch a squirrel and they're running around the trees, you see them jump from one tree to another, and they're hanging upside down and just joyous. And he said, the problem is so many times, you know, like a cat, a cat can climb a tree, but the cat's never going to be as agile or as joyous in the tree as what the squirrel can be. And he was talking about how too many times, because we can climb a tree, we think, well, that's the tree we have to be in versus where it's our natural, our natural place, like what you were talking about. So those two things kind of connected for me. I think that's important. Do you find that it's hard for people to, to, especially the place and the platform do you, have you found that it's tough for people to identify those?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, probably one of the reasons a lot of people seek coaching or seek help. Yeah. Platforms can be difficult to come by. And I also said severally that sometimes you might not find the right platform for you out there. Mm. In those types of situations, you may need to create your own platform. Yeah. So where there aren't any platforms then that provides an opportunity for you to be a pathfinder, for you to create something that never existed. And so when Henry Ford was asked, it went, when Henry Ford was asked about you know, his innovation about vehicles, he said, had I gone to the people they asked them, what, do you, what next innovation do you want? They would have told me, give me, give us faster horses. That's right. Because that's the most they could see. Their minds probably couldn't conceive anything more but then henry ford whose mind could conceive bigger things than the most of the people decided to create an invent you know something more than faster horses so sometimes you could look around and try to find a platform to help showcase your talents your purpose but maybe there aren't any out there you pro- it's probably an opportunity for you rather than sit and cry and be like well nobody's helping me no platform to showcase my talent It's probably time for you to say, well, I'm going to be the first person to create a platform so that someone else might utilize my platform to showcase their talents and their purpose tomorrow.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because maybe the platform just doesn't exist. And the Henry Ford examples, that's a great one. So if I can ask, what's your platform?
1: Well, this is one of my platforms. The podcast, like having a conversation with you helps me to put my message on so many different platforms that then magnify the message that I'm sharing. So a platform Mm -hmm. like yours is a platform for me. So thank you for offering your platform.
0: (laughs) You betcha.
1: Yeah. Happy to Uh, do it. (laughs) My book is a platform um, for me. So I'm using my book as a platform. When I go to do public speaking, every time I hold a microphone, I know that it's a high level of responsibility. And every word that comes out of my mouth can shape the destiny of everybody listening to me or somebody that's listening to me. So I take that responsibility very, very seriously. I spend a lot of time thinking through what I'm gonna talk about, my topics, and I I craft them with every sense of responsibility.
0: Yeah. It's funny you mentioned the speaking, the National Speakers Association. This was back in the early two thousands. And now I don't know her name. I think it was Marjorie somebody and I'm blanking on her last name, but she talked about the privilege of the platform. Yeah. Because it is a privilege. If you're gonna step onto that stage, it is a privilege. And to understand you're there for them. They're not there for you. You're there for them. And sometimes I think we get that sometimes that gets backwards. (laughs) But that's That's okay. It is true. That's true. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's what ego can do that too. That's right. Um, Yeah, when we get into that whole Yeah, ego can do that.
0: Yeah, it it can definitely get in the way. It it can. So now something that you wrote in, you said that success is deeply personal. Yeah. Can you speak to that a little bit more?
1: Yeah, I feel very frankly that success in defining success, it's a personal thing. Just like spirituality is a very personal experience, success or defining success is a personal thing. So every individual has to come to a point in their lives where they articulate exactly what success is for them. Mm. Because success in the way that the society describes it is luxury. It's plenty of cars. It's lots of money, big homes. And these things are only, they are symbols of success. They aren't exactly success. Mm -hmm. So when you look at, I like to describe this with an analogy of the rosary. The rosary is a symbol that Catholics might carry. Now, I could hold a rosary on the streets of New York. It doesn't necessarily mean that I'm Catholic, Because it's a symbol. It symbolizes something. But the fact that I'm carrying it doesn't mean that I'm exactly Catholic. In the same way, if I am driving a Maserati on the streets of New York, it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm successful because a Maserati is only a symbol of success. It's not real success in itself. So success is not exactly tangible, but in trying to show or demonstrate success, we go after the symbols of success. So what I've found is very often people who go for the symbols of success have tried maybe to achieve success in the real form of success, but then maybe failed at it and decided to compensate for that. They want to achieve or uh, they want to amass as many symbols of success as possible. So I feel that success is deeply personal. We would have to reach within deep within ourselves and ask ourselves true deep questions about how might we measure success in our lives and in our journey and once we identify what success means to us we would stop stressing ourselves over what society thinks success is we would stop caring about the neighbor's new car or the neighbor's new job or you know we would now focus yeah we would focus on what success means to us and that alone.
0: Yeah. What that reminds me of, Babs, is the what is success and what is it not to you? Because I I think you're right. When we haven't defined that for ourselves, then we're in that constant state of like, you go on social media, right? And you're like, oh, someone's on a Caribbean vacation. Maybe I should want that. And it hadn't even occurred to you that you might want it until you see it. And it's like, well, now I have to have it. But to know what it is for you. That was one of the things that my husband and I, you know, we started thinking, you know, answering these questions, asking these questions of ourselves 20 some years ago. And our path is it's very different than traditional, but hmm. it's what it's been what was important to us, what we found to be valuable. And then it's easier to let go of all the other stuff. Cause you're right. I think a lot of times it they're symbols of success.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know,
0: not actual success. Yeah. By the way. I have to tell you this, too. The rosary example, my mom was Catholic. I'm not, but my mom was. And when she passed away, one of the things that she gave me before she passed away was her rosary beads. Oh. And I remember like just holding them in my hand because I never prayed over them because that's what she did, you know. Yeah. I remember holding them in my hand and just like thinking about, oh my God, all the times in my mom's life when she probably held these and prayed over them. It was like this special connection. But to me, because I'm not Catholic, it didn't have the same thing, but it it was very special because that, you know, was my mom and I just, yeah. it was important to her. So, but yeah. so thanks for bringing up that image. Cause that was like, <laughs> wow, it was, it was very personal. So oh, that's, yeah, that's sweet. Yeah. So, Hey, wanted to ask you too, cause you mentioned this earlier, you said you've, you've learned a lot, you failed a lot, you've grown a lot. And that kind of begs the question, what role does failure play? In our success?
1: That's a great question. Failure is actually a part of the process. I don't exactly think that there's any significant success that didn't that wasn't born out of some sort of failure. And so if all you've done through the course of your life is succeed and never failed, we need to rethink that. Because in order to achieve significant success, failure comes along the way. Mm-hmm. So I believe that failure plays a significant role in our growth as individuals and in our successes. Sometimes failure helps to prepare us for the bigger challenge of success because success itself can be completely overwhelming. And so if you haven't failed and practiced the muscles that is required to manage success, good example, if you arrive, I like to describe it this way, If you jump up, you would certainly come down. (laughs) But if you grow up, you will stay up. So Hmm. what is the difference between jumping up and growing up? Jumping up is just one step. You just jump. But growing up means you crawl, you attempt to grow, to walk, you attempt to jump, to climb, and then you fall. And then you get yourself up again and you try a second time. Maybe you go two steps higher and then you fall again. And then you get, pick yourself up and you continue that way. Now, when you have learned how to go up by growing, every time you fall, you know your way back up. Mm-hmm. But if always done is just jump, you just jump. You would always come right back down. So failure, I see failure every time. And I have, I have experienced failure in every, almost every area <laughs> of my life. My first two businesses failed. My first very, in, I mean, my first engagement failed. I have failed in so many areas of my life. But what that has done for me is it has helped strengthen me. It has helped to determine to shape my future, which I believe I am on the right path today to achieving that success that I had, you know, set out for myself. So I embrace failure today. In fact, what's interesting is I think when I get invited to public speaking engagements and I deliver my speech. I go home thinking, you know, I just told these people what I learned from failing and I get paid for it. So I like to say today that I get paid for my failures. I get paid for experiencing all the failures and all the hardship that I went through. And now I turn those around to stories and the lessons, the lessons that I got from them, that's now helping other people navigate those really difficult times in life. And so that's what I get paid to do today. So if we mm-hmm. embrace failure rather than run away from failure, we need to understand that failure is our friend. Failure is part of the process. It's never against the process. And so when we fail, we've got to brace ourselves up and take the same challenge over again.
0: I love that. And the failure is never against the process. No. It's part of the process. And I think that's right. this ties back to what you said earlier about the growth mindset. Yeah. I mean, you can see that a lot. The people with a growth mindset versus the fixed mindset where, you know, if you have a fixed mindset then your whole identity is tied up in, oh my god, I failed. Versus if you have a growth mindset, you understand this is just a normal part of the process. Yeah. You know, and you just get back up and you you learn from it. I think that's a thing too. You actively seek to learn from it.
1: Yep. Curiosity is critical when it comes to growth. Yeah. I feel like when we're curious we grow faster yeah. because now we want to learn. We are, we have a thirst for knowledge. We want to explore the reasons why we failed and maybe what we could do better next time. So, when we're picking lessons, because it's not enough to just fail, you've got to be able to take some lessons out of the failure. Otherwise, right. please don't fail at all. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. What's the point? And yeah. I totally agree with you about the curiosity. I mean, I think curiosity is one of the great powerful creative resources that we have. And I have a question for you and I have a perspective too, but what do you think keeps people from being curious about their own failures?
1: I mean, the thing is, and you mentioned that earlier, if it depends on how we perceive failure. So if we perceive failure as our identity, oh, I'm a failure. Oh, I never do anything well. Oh, I never succeed at anything. When we get into that mindset, which is the fixed mindset that paralyzes us. So that's where the lack of curiosity comes from. It comes from how we perceive failure. But if we have the growth mindset that tells us, oh, failure, well, that's just one. There probably would be multiple other failures to come, so I better get myself ready for the next one. Now, that's growth mindset speaking, but then that's where curiosity comes in. Okay, what did I not do right? What could I do better? What could I? improve upon so that I could prepare myself to do better the next time. That's where I think that's the difference. It's the way we perceive failure. If we perceive failure as part of the process, we might be curious to understand why we didn't why we failed. But if we perceive failure as our identity, like, oh, I'm just not good at it. I'm just never going to do great at this, then we would not even seek to find out hmm. why.
0: That's right. And I think I think a couple things there when you're talking about, oh, I'm never good at this, or I've never been, I never will be, that goes to, have you read Learned Optimism by Martin Seligman?
1: No, I haven't.
0: Oh, I think you'd like it, just from this conversation. I'll check, I'll check yeah. it out. Yeah, it's really good. And he talks about explanatory styles, and there's three Ps. There's permanent, pervasive, and personal. So let's say I take a math test, okay? And I do poorly on the math test. If I have a pessimistic explanatory style, then I'm going to say, oh my God, I'm terrible. I'm terrible at math. I'm I'm stupid. I'm never going to be good at any of this stuff, right? That's totally in that. It's right down the fixed mindset path. But if I have an optimistic mindset, I would say to myself, you know what? I didn't do well on this test. I probably could have studied harder. Next time I will, and I can do better. I mean, that's a gross simplification of it. But what we say in that moment is so important, you know, because, and I think the other piece of that is when we judge ourselves, oh, you're stupid. Well, who wants to spend time being curious about that? Uh-huh. <laughs> you know? So it's that story that we tell ourselves. I think that also goes into whether or not we allow ourselves to be curious. So, Yeah,
1: very that good. Is, that's true. I yeah. totally agree.
0: So this has been a great conversation. I wanted to give you time to talk about your book and the else that you want to mention right now is in terms of your programs or anything like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, my book, Cracking the Life Code, uh, now sells everywhere books are sold. So there's so much to learn from Cracking the Life Code. I ensured that what I realized in all the books that I've read is the ones that have really impacted my life the most have been ones that led me to committing to action. And mm. so when I started writing books, I wanted to write a book that doesn't leave the reader with, okay, so what now? I yeah. wanted to give the reader something to do to commit to action. And so I have a whole workbook section at the back of the book that helps the reader to reflect and helps the reader to commit to action because we can read all we want. We can gather all the tips and strategies until we take action, nothing changes. So we need to commit to action. So yeah, it's on Amazon, it's everywhere books are sold. And I hope that that can be of value to anyone who lays their hands on it.
0: Perfect. And I'll put that in the show notes. And one thing I really appreciate that about that too, is I was reading, I think it was on your website that, you know, when COVID hit so many people, and and obviously COVID was a big deal. I'm not trying to minimize that, but you saw that as, well, this is also an opportunity. And that's when you wrote down, that's when you wrote your book, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. COVID hit. We moved from being on the plane two, three days a week to being in pajamas all day, every day. (laughs) (laughs) And my friends would call me and, you know, talk about how oh, this is not the life I envisage for myself. This is, And all that. But for me, I woke up every morning and wrote for four hours. I thought, wow, this is an opportunity because I've been going, going, going for years. I finally get an opportunity to sit down and put my thoughts to, to paper. And so I wrote every day, four hours every day. That was how I wrote cracking the life code. And I'm very grateful for, for that opportunity. Again, that comes back to the idea of turning what is seemingly a negative situation into something positive and finding gratitude through all of these negative experiences, finding opportunity for gratitude. So I'm really grateful that I got the opportunity to write crack in the Life Code during COVID.
0: Yeah, I love that you took that opportunity then. And that's actually when I started the podcast because it's like it was an idea that I've had probably for a good year to two years before. But like uh-huh. you, I was busy all the time. I was on the, on the plane all the time. I'm like, how can I do a podcast out of a hotel room, which obviously I could if I had been moved. But it's like, when you're really busy, it's like, it's hard to dedicate the time. And I'm like, well, I've always said I want to do it. Now is the time.
1: That's right. That's you know? right. <laughs> so and now and you're sharing this message with the world and helping so many people across the globe. That's really great.
0: That's my goal. So thank you. And thank you so much for coming on and for sharing your wisdom. and. uh It's just been delightful talking with you.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it.
0: I hope that you enjoyed that conversation. I loved talking with him. Here are just a few of the things that really stood out to me. Number one, I loved the five Ps. Purpose, platform, people, passion, and place. I thought that was a great framework. The second thing that stood out to me is when he said, we have to unplug to receive. I'm a huge believer in this. 24-7 noise keeps us disconnected from ourselves. And finally, number three, define for yourself what success is and what it isn't. Thanks so much for tuning in. I hope that you'll share this episode with a friend or a colleague. Take care this week because caring for ourselves is a big piece of thriving no matter what.